The Old Testament reading according to the inspired prophet Isaiah, chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. The, ep the epistle is from the Apostle Paul the inspired apostle writing to the Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of God, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the hidden places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. 
Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascribed from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is the gospel which you have heard read. I will just reread the last portion of it where they saw the star and they followed it. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Thus far, our text. How would you... uh, Evaluate yourself. Are you a person who's quite aware of your surroundings and if anything changes, you immediately notice it? Or are you a person who can drive by that huge neon sign flashing and flashing and not even notice it? Well, I don't know where I fall on this, in between somewhere, but the other day, early in the morning, there was something bright in the sky in the east, and it kind of awakened me, I think. Anyway, I got up, I looked at it, and I said, what in the world is that? It's awfully bright. And I thought at first, without my glasses on, that it might be moving. So I thought, well, maybe it's an airplane, because we live not far from the airport, and we see airplanes coming and going. 
I thought, oh, well, maybe he's just off there a ways. He's coming in. He's going to land there. Then I got my glasses, and I looked a little more at it, and I realized, I don't think that thing's moving. I think it's there. Well, then I started exploring a little bit. Of course, all of you kids in science class, you immediately know what it was, right? Everybody knows it's Venus, right? And you probably know that, that Venus is next to the moon and the sun. It's the third brightest planet in our universe, at least for us, where we are. And I dug into that a little bit, studied up on it, and thought, wow, that is really interesting. You know, I ought to pay a little more attention to what's going on in the sky. And I suppose you scientists out there you know that Venus is the only planet going in the opposite direction from the others, right? You know all of that. You don't look like you know that. Uh, so am I the only one who's going in the wrong direction? Okay. Yeah. Well, if you had met the wise men, they could have told you all these things because that was their occupation, their vocation. They studied the stars and the planets and what's going on out there in the skies. And, you know, sometimes maybe we can poo-poo that. But we shouldn't. I mean, really, it's very important to know what's going on around us in the sky. And it's fascinating if we studied it in any depth at all and don't just scratch the surface like I do, but delve into it a little bit, like L. Warden, the astronaut from Jackson, whom you all know. He studied it in great depth so that when he went to the moon, in case his computer wasn't working, and even when it was working, he got out his sextant, which you all remember what that is, from Columbus days, studying the stars from the stars. If you know where two stars are, you can figure out where you are and you can figure out where you want to go. Well, Al did not trust his computer on Apollo to get him back to Earth, so he set it by the computer and then he checked the stars to make sure he was on the right path. Use something that Columbus used when he sailed the oceans blue. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with the text. <laughs> that has to do with the wise men and what they did for their vocation. They studied the stars. And God used the stars to bring these wise men who were Gentiles now. They were not Jews. They were Gentiles. And God used a star to bring them from, we don't know where, from the east to Bethlehem to find and meet and see and worship their Savior, God's Son. Amazing. We don't know much about them. We have 12 verses here. We don't know much, anything that I'm aware of, much beyond this. Of course, Isaiah might have prophesied of them 
but we don't have exact details where they came from, who they were, how they found out. How did they know? How did God inform them that he's going to put a star in the sky and they're to follow it? We don't know that. We know they did. Because when they came to Jerusalem, they said, Where is he who is born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. But what we know, God somehow had informed them to follow this star and they were going to come and they were going to find God himself lying in a manger. Well, of course, by then he's probably a toddler. We know he was under two because Herod, uh, you know, went, oh, horrible guy. He went and had all the baby boys two years old and under slaughtered. So we know Jesus was under two years old. So anyway, they went there and they found him. God had informed them somehow that they were going to find their Savior in Bethlehem, which Micah had prophesied hundreds, well, yeah, hundreds of years before that the Savior would come and be born in Bethlehem. And God had revealed to them that he was in Bethlehem. And then, of course, when they come to Jerusalem, this is interesting. Jerusalem's just a few miles from Bethlehem. But Jerusalem, the capital, where the king lived, and where all the priests, or plenty of them anyway, the temple was and the priests, and the high priests. They didn't know. They didn't know the Savior was born. They didn't know he was just down the road in Bethlehem. But these fellows, from afar, who were Gentiles, they were not Jews, they didn't know that the promised Messiah, Jerusalem didn't know the promised Messiah was born. He wasn't far from them. And nobody really seemed too excited about going and seeing other than the wise men. God had created faith in their hearts. When? We don't know. Somehow, through his word, maybe they'd gotten the word when Babylon conquered uh, Jerusalem, carried them off, or the Syrians before that. We don't know those things. What we do know as they knew that the king of the Jews had been born, and they were coming to find him and to worship him. Now, this is the most important thing to do in our whole life, is to find the king of the Jews, our savior. And this is really what the world ought to be about. They ought to, we all ought to be concerned about the next step in our life. Where are we going when we die? Like I told the doctor one day, I think about dying every day. You know, Luther encourages us, get up in the morning, make the sign of the Holy Cross in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit which reminds us of our baptism. 
We are baptized in the name of the Trinity. We are God's children. And when we get up, if we will, if we will remember to do this and remember that I'm a baptized child of Christ. So today I'm going to live as a baptized child of Christ. So we think about living and dying. You know, hey, you may, uh, this may be your last day. You might not make it out of the sanctuary. I might not. We don't know. Are we ready? Are we prepared? Of course, we know Christ. And so did the wise men. And they found him. That's the most important thing, is to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And they found him. And when they found him, they fell down and worshipped him and gave him gifts. Now this is important too. You know, a lot of people know a little bit about Jesus. A lot of people know his name. They use it all the time. Some do. But they don't know him as their savior. They don't know the details. They don't know that God sent him to save us from our sins. And sure and certain punishment, condemnation. Out of love for his people, God sent his son to rescue us. People all over the world, they don't know this. They may know a little bit about Jesus, but they don't realize what he has done for us. But the wise men did. And they fell down and worshipped him. And when we realize the gravity of our sins and our rebellion and our great sinfulness, and then we realize that somebody loved enough to become our substitute, take our sins into his very own body, making them his own, being stretched out on the cross and nailed there where you and I rightly should be. But he did it in our stead as our substitute. When we know those things, The only thing we can do, of course, is believe him and fall down and worship him. Fall down at the feet of our Savior Jesus Christ and confess him as our Lord and Savior and thank him that he's loved us so much he was willing to give his life in our stead that we might have life and have it eternally. So when we breathe our last breath, we know where we are going. We know we're going to wake up in heaven. The angels are going to be waiting for us and escort us in. So we have the greatest to look forward to. So when we get up in the morning, and make the sign of the Holy Cross, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
remember that we are children of God. We know the Savior. We love him, we worship him, and someday we will see him face to face as he calls us to come to be with him in heaven. God sent these wise men, Gentiles, that the world would know that his son is the savior of all peoples, Jews, rightly, and Gentiles. All peoples everywhere, no matter who they are, where they're from, what color, what social status, whomever they are, wherever they are, Christ died for you. Thanks be to God for giving us his son. Amen. Now may the peace that passeth all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.